All right, guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I'm your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? <clears throat> yeah, what is today? Today is March 16th, 2022, otherwise known as... Can I get a hell yeah? Oh. <laughs> All right. Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. That's right. 316, baby. Let's say it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's come on. All right, guys. Welcome to the show. Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Redcon1.com. That great supplement company out of the great state of Florida. Great uh, protein powders, shakes, bars, the whole nine yards. Everything's made right here in the great old U.S. of A. Please uh, check out the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Uh, use promo code T20Cordimus. You get 20% off. Uh, today's Wednesday, guys, so please check that out um, by this weekend because generally every weekend they usually have a pretty good sale. But if you use the link, uh, that way the show gets credit and they'll know that I sent you there. Cool. All right. So in, in trying to get ready for today's show, I, um, really, really, I'm sure, I think COVID, in my opinion, has ruined the news for me. And, and I am being ignorant to the fact that for the last two years, plus years, I mean, what was yesterday? Yesterday was the two year anniversary of, uh, 15 days to slow the spread. But so for a solid two years, we dealt with COVID. And it's only been recently in the last couple of weeks. We haven't really talked a lot about COVID, which is great. But for the most part, during that two years, COVID dominated the news. Whether it was in America, Australia, Europe, wherever it was at, it dominated. It was always something. Mask mandates, vaccine this, and vaccine mandates, and one shot, two shot, three shot more, five shit, you know, whatever. Fauci. It was every freaking day and to the point where on this show we got tired of talking about it we were like i'm done talking about covid occasionally we bring up whatever because you, you had to it was like the necessary evil you had no choice um i'm at that point now with this whole russian ukraine thing because for the life of me i can't figure it out okay um <clears throat> You have a country in Russia, right? You have Ukraine. There's, what, 14 ex-countries that were states, I guess, of Russia. Um, most of them of which are members of NATO. So when all this first started, you know, three, four weeks ago, it was all about, you know, I talked about it, other people had talked about it, that this had a lot to do with um, Ukraine wanting to be a member of NATO and or the EU. And um, Russia didn't, you know, this is based on hearsay and conjecture. I don't know how true this is, but in Russia, Putin didn't want that. They, he felt that that would be a threat to, his, to, the, to Russia's sovereignty. Okay, so I kind of get it. You know, I try to look at what Putin's doing from an American standpoint. And what I mean by that is if the same thing were happening here, right? 
we would feel the same way if, if we had some kind of deal with Canada to not be a part of whatever and they were wanting to be a part of that and we didn't like that we would feel some kind of way about it right so I get it now the fact of the matter is with the exception of Belarus every other country that borders um, Russia or <laughs> it's like a divide so if you look at these countries Belarus, uh, Ukraine, um, Latvia, I don't know all of them that are on the border right there between. So these countries are between Russia and Europe. All of them, except for Ukraine and um, Belarus, are part of NATO. So if the argument was we don't want them to become part of NATO because of... Um, you know, now there's no border, there's no there's no uh, neutral zone, I guess would be a good way to put it. Um, okay, what about the other <laughs> three, four, whatever countries that are a part of NATO that border you and border Poland and Hungary and whoever else? So that argument to me doesn't hold water a whole bunch unless it's kind of like that was the last sovereignty. Why didn't you lose your shit when Latvia became a member of NATO and you know, so on and so forth, right? Why why this country? Why are we stressing it now? Why didn't why I don't recall in 2014 when Russia annexed Crimea there being this much outrage. Now I'm not saying there wasn't any outrage, but considering Joe Biden was the vice president and Obama, you know, was running shit, I just don't remember there being this sort of outrage. I mean, I remember seeing stuff on the news here and there, but it wasn't like this. This You can't turn on the news and they don't talk about this. They don't talk about anything else but this. Of, of some magnitude, whether it's support, um, supplies, donations, uh, you know, Russia bombed this and Ukraine did that and Zelensky's talking to Congress. and So now, <laughs> Lew uh, Lewinsky. Hey, what is she doing here? No, no, not her. <laughs> Zelensky came out, I think it was yesterday, saying that he that they don't want to be a part of NATO now. Okay, so one would think if this was all over that, if this whole situation was over that, NATO, you know, with uh, Ukraine wanting or whatever to join NATO, and, and he's saying, no, never mind, we don't want to do that. Well, wouldn't you think that would stop everything? Because if I'm not mistaken, a couple of days ago, Putin come out, and had terms of a deal of surrender, and part of the deal was them not becoming a part of NATO. So if he came out and said that, then it should be over. Or has it gone so fast, for, so far past the point of no return, they have no choice but to continue doing what they're doing? Or is there something else that we're not being told, which I'm sure is the case? Because um, at this point in time, much kind of in the sense of us talking about MK Ultra the other day, you you don't know who or what to trust. And I'm talking about all media. I'm not talking about CNN or MSNBC. I'm talking about all of them. Fox, Newsmax, all of them. The only There's only two voices on Fox right now, in my opinion, that are saying things that nobody... <laughs> well, I shouldn't say nobody... But no mainstream voices are agreeing with you. Hell, you got the ladies from The View calling for Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard to be arrested for treason. Treason, Just because they have an opposite 
opinion of what's going on over there. Now, I try to look at these things like that. Okay, so a couple days ago, or February 27th, for a matter of fact, when I brought up the bio labs in Ukraine, and I talked about the gentleman, uh, well, I assume it was a gentleman, but the guy on um, on Twitter, War Clandestine, that got kicked off Twitter for exposing this information, I said, any, in my opinion, from from now on, I shouldn't even say from now on, but ever since pretty much Alex Jones got kicked off of YouTube. And even then, like Alex Jones, I, I kind of like watching him and listening to some of the shit he had to say because it was a little crazy, right? But he did say some things that came true. It was kind of almost like listening to Trump. You know, I played the video from Trump the other day talking about gas prices and whatnot. And he was right. Um, so I've come to the, the point that whenever someone's getting kicked off of a social media platform, whatever that is, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, for saying something, then I, in my personal opinion, take it for what it's worth, I feel that they're right about something. They're, they're on the nose about something. I mean, hell, you've got, I don't know exactly how many people are on Twitter, but hell, you got the leaders of Iran on Twitter talking about death to America and putting out videos of killing Donald Trump and Mike Pomp, uh, Pompano, <laughs> Pompeo um, because of what happened with Soleimani. That's allowed on Twitter, Twitter but this guy talking about biolabs in the Ukraine isn't. You, you kind of see where I'm going with this? So, okay, so there was that. Um, Trump being kicked off of Twitter for the things he was saying. And it's like, oh, it's and it's constantly being labeled misinformation, disinformation, mal- malinformation, whatever. Um, my thing is, with all of this going on, if you oppose the narrative, okay, then people are calling for you to be arrested. You're, you're, you know, treasonous, you're dish, you're that. Um, I just don't, I don't get it. What <laughs> just, what's driving me crazy is I, I refuse to watch Fox news, CNN, MSNBC. I refuse to watch any of them without the words that are coming out of their mouth and believing everything they're saying, because it's the constant same thing. And, um, I watch Tucker, and he kind of goes in a different direction with it, and people lose their shit. So I started wondering. So in getting ready for this show, without wanting to talk about, oh, Russia's doing this, and they bombed an apartment complex, and they you know, took over a hospital, and there's so many people hostage. I don't know if that's true, because it might be true. I'm not saying it's not true, but how do I know it's true? <laughs> Like I said, I go back to MK Ultra. Granted, we're not being dosed with LSD and whatever else or shock therapy and that, those types of things. But I also said in that, when we did that episode, we talked about that we feel, Chris and I, that it's more than just MK Ultra per se from a sense like you hear the word MK Ultra and you automatically think of LSD. Well, MK Ultra stands for mind control. Okay. So it's not about being dosed, drugged. Uh, electroshocked, whatever the case may be, we figured that the technology has moved past having to drug an individual or individuals to get them to comply. And I, and I picked up my phone when I said that. Here's your new MK Ultra. Point to the TV. There's your MK Ultra. It has nothing to do with being dosed and drugged and 
vaccines and anything like that. It's these these mechanisms that MK ultra you, so to speak. So in the guides of the movie They Live and uh, The Matrix and stuff like that, I, I'm taking the red pill. I'm, I refuse to believe what they're telling me to believe because to me it doesn't make sense. You can't sit there and say, Trump or Putin's doing this because he's a bad guy. Okay, that might be true. I'm not saying Putin's an angel. He's doing this because NATO, uh, Ukraine wants to become part of NATO. Okay, I can understand that. I'm not saying it's right, but I get it. Um, you know, he wants to do, but then I start digging. And is it more about something else? And on the last show, I, I talked about the NWO and the WEF, and some of my most downloaded shows is referring to these groups, these individuals, because I think, depending on what podcast you listen to, everyone's getting burnt out on the same old shit, whether it's COVID or Ukraine or whatever the deal is, because that dominates the news until something else comes along, because we can't take our fucking eyes off the prize, and that just mind fucks everybody. So, I have to dig. Okay, we've talked about NWO and the WEF. The WEF is relatively new. The NWO has been around. The, the idea has been around. So I was like, is this war? We talk about this war. And we say, oh, is this the beginning of World War III? Well, how do you know that? We've had wars. Since World War II, we've had situations occur across this globe, right? We've had Korea. We've had Vietnam. We've had Gulf. We've had instances where other countries were involved it wasn't country a versus country b right take korea for example you had korea north korea south korea what well, was all one country at the time you had the Viet Cong. i'm sorry it's vietnam you had uh the, <laughs> the north koreans um you had the democrat or the socialist uh i think it was a socialist democratic whatever committee of korea wanting to take over, and they were being backed by China, okay? And that, this was back in the 50s, early 50s. We get involved. Um, I, I think, I mean, I could be wrong here, but it, I think, because I, I really wasn't planning on talking about Korea, but I think it was a more like a civil war type thing, north versus south, literally. Um, we get involved to help the south. China, Russia's helping the north. Well, why wasn't... I mean, I wasn't alive back then. Was that being called the next World War III? I don't know. World War II wasn't even called that until after the war. It's not like when when the shit started with Germany doing whatever and Jap Japan doing whatever. They didn't say, oh, this is World War II. They were like, this is the Sinzo-Japan War because they were going into China. And this is the Germany occupation of Poland. It was those types of things. It wasn't called World War II until after the fact. So why do we automatically call this World War III? Do we know something or do they, quote unquote, know something that we don't? Wars have never been labeled these types of things until after the fact. The Korean War was the Korean War after the fact. Why was in that World War III? You had multiple countries involved. Vietnam was the Vietnam conflict. It wasn't even called a war. I mean, depending on what book you look at. Once again, multiple nations involved there. Why wasn't that one a world war? Okay. 
the Gulf War, uh, Desert Storm, whatever you want to call that whole thing there. When Iraq went into Kuwait, you had one country invading another country. You had a world faction, NATO, came in to do the things we did to free Kuwait. Why wasn't that called a world war? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's what I'm where I'm going with this is you have Russia, granted, big country, nuclear capable. I get it. Invading another country. What's the difference between Iraq and Kuwait? Because Iraq wasn't nuclear capable. Well, World War One and World War Two, at the time, nobody was nuclear capable at the time. I mean, we became that, and that's how the war ended. But you can't even use that as justification for calling this World War Three. So, digging, digging, digging. What is this all about? What could this possibly be about? So then I go to the conspiracy theory files of the DTOM show, and I start digging. Okay. So Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum cuts off all relations with Russia. Scrubs Putin from the WEF website. Now you might ask, what does that mean? And I have no earthly out. No, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago how Putin went to the WEF, the World Economic Forum's leadership school. You had multiple current world leaders that went to this school. Like it was like college. Like they went to college wherever, wherever these gentlemen, these people went to college. When they graduated whatever college, they went to the World Economic Forum leadership school. Which means when Trudeau, which is one of the names, Putin, one of the names, Boris uh, Johnson, I was going to say Yeltsin, Boris Johnson from England, one of the names, when these individuals graduated from whatever colleges, universities they went to, they went here. So they were being groomed from a young age to be who they are. Okay? Trudeau, Putin, Johnson, just to name a few, these individuals weren't plate weren't they weren't elected. I mean, they technically, I guess, were elected, much like we see how people are quote unquote elected in this country. Um, Biden didn't go to the WEF forum because he's 170 years old. That shit didn't even <laughs> wasn't around when he graduated from college or wherever he went to school. But my point is, is Putin was going to be Putin 40 years ago or whenever he went to this school. Boris Johnson was going to be Boris Johnson. Trudeau was going to be Trudeau. Their paths were planned. Okay. So that's what it means. He was scrubbed. Basically, like they took the the digital yearbook of the WEF, whatever year he graduated from this leadership school and, and scrubbed it. So if you go to look under the WEF's leadership school graduates, he won't be there. He was, but he won't. So Klaus Schwab, who runs, is the head of the uh, uh, economic forum, the World Economic Forum, um, announced that it severed all relations with the Russian government and President Vladimir Putin due to ongoing invasions in Ukraine. He says, we are not engaging with any sanctioned individual and have frozen all relationships with Russian entities. A spokesperson, Amanda Russell, told the news uh, the other day. Putin was also completely purged from the WEF website earlier this week before Russo's announcement. So like someone posted a picture here, and... Uh, it says where he graduated, what, you know, he went to law department, 
Leningrad State University, 75, KGB Foreign Intelligence Service, um, left the, left the uh, KGB in 90. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he was fast-tracked. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The West decision comes as the United States, Ukraine, Union, Canada, and several other countries have put crimply sanctions on Russia's economy and banking sector. Um, let me see if there's anything else noteworthy in here. Okay, so there's that. So the WEF is involved now, right? So then I keep looking. And um, <laughs> speaking of which, so, um, you know, the WEF scrubbed him. He's no longer a part of their deal. They're not claiming his... Uh, his uh, allegiance or whatever because that was one of the things i brought up a couple weeks ago when i saw that i was like well shit he's part of the group he's part of the trudeau and johnson and he's part of the group he's part of the wef and slash new world order situation well no now he's being kicked out of the club because he's not going along with the crew right so i start thinking and when i start thinking what i have to do (laughs) is immediately I have to write stuff down. So, in looking for stuff and wondering and wondering, okay, so I saw this nugget, I guess, yesterday um, that uh, Russia, Russia imposes sanctions on U.S. President Joe Biden, his son, and other U.S. officials. Of course, you watch the news and they talk about this. This, this particular report's off of CNN. It doesn't matter. I just wanted to find the report because I knew there was more names than just Biden. So I was curious to see, you know, who those names were or are. You turn on the news, you watch Fox or whoever you watch, and they, <laughs> yeah, he, they, Putin did sanctions on these people, and it's like big deal. Well, we think of sanctions as like a big thing. Putin's basically laughing at these sanctions. I said that a couple of weeks ago when they talked about this. Because all he did was move his shit to China. China's back in the money now. So, um... So here's a list of the people that been sanctioned by Russia. Uh, Joe Biden, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, Secretary uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, or as Biden refers to him, that guy that does that thing over there. <laughs> Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley, National Security Advisor Jacob Sullivan, CIA Director William Burns, Press Secretary Jen Psaki, Timmy baby. Uh, Dalip Singh, Biden's Deputy National Security Advisor, United States Agency for International Development Administrator, Samantha Power, uh, President Biden's son, Hunter, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, Deputy Treasury Secretary, Wally Adamo, I don't know, Rated Joe Lewis, President Chairman of the Board of Directors of Export-Import Bank. Okay, so... So what does that mean? Statement announces more sanctions will follow. Expanded lists of top U.S. officials, military, military officials, lawmaker, businessmen, experts, blah, blah, blah. So surely, I don't watch CNN, surely, whose name's not on there? Trump, right? So surely that's going to be, be a big thing. Well, you notice Putin sanctioned uh, so-and-so and Biden and his son and Hillary Clinton and all these people didn't, didn't sanction Trump. That's because they're in collusion together and they're part of the deal. Or maybe, hear me out, I think sanctions means 
you can't earn any money, you can't do you can't do any business with Russia. Okay? We all know Ukraine is a shithole, crooked ass company or <laughs> company country. Rumor has it it's the the laundering service for the NWO and the WEF. Now, what does that mean? They don't do their laundry. They launder Monday. They have these fake companies like, you know, Burisma, those type of companies that uh, are fronts for the global elite's money, some of which are on this list, and more to come. So could one say Russia did all this because of that? Now, if they take over the Ukraine, if they make the Ukraine Russia again, now all their money's lost? I don't know. Maybe. So, I found this interesting video. This was from um, from the TV. <laughs> this was on Fox and Friends um, this morning, I think. And the um, the female MP in Ukraine said that this is her talking. I don't know what the female MP, I'm I don't know what that means, but nonetheless, it's interesting what she says. I'm going to play it real quick. world, quite frankly, Kira, is surprised by the will of the Ukrainian people to stand up and fight. Are you? Well, I'm not surprised. I, uh, we have been fighting uh, Putin for the last eight years, and we had three revolutions in our country when we did not agree with what was going on with uh, the direction of where we're moving in. But right now, it's a critical time because we know that we not only fight for Ukraine, we fight for this new world order for the democratic countries. We knew that we are the shield for the Europe. We knew that we are protecting not only Ukraine, we are protecting like all the other countries that would be next if we fail. That's why we just cannot fail. Okay, so <clears throat> do you notice what she said there? The new world order. Democratic, we are the shield for the euro. What does that mean? You're not a part of the euro. You're not a part of NATO. What does that mean? Of course, this video I played was off of Twitter. So then you got to say, mean something altogether, different to them than it does the conspiracy folks here. Okay, maybe. But we've, we've heard m these leaders, and I tried to find the video earlier, and of course, conveniently enough, it's, it's not found, because unfortunately on my computer, I have to use uh, freaking Google. But um, I could have sworn about, mm, I don't know, a year ago or so, <clears throat> we heard these not these same words, but similar words being spoken in Australia about the vaccines and the lockdowns and the this and the that, and that this was part of the new world order. Do we, I don't, I, so for the life of me, I remember hearing that, and I hope I'm not being Man Mandela affected, but I really pretty sure I heard the minister, Min Ministry of Health in Australia say something to the effect of the new world order, vaccines, lockdowns, all this shit, because everyone lost their shit when that happened. So, they're fighting this fight. Okay, so let's assume the words that she said when she said New World Order is the New World Order. It is what we think it is, right? And, um... I, oh. No. <laughs> I, I don't think... I don't think it meant that New World Order. <laughs> yeah, let's assume, just for shits and giggles, that that's what it is. That it's the uh, 
the New World Order, the WEF. The, I, when I say the New World Order and the WEF, to me, they're one and the same. In, in my opinion, if you take the New World Order as a whole, the WEF is a division. Okay? So, whatever. So, let's assume what she's saying is that. that maybe she said too much. Okay? She, she misspoke or overspoke or whatever. They're the shield for the euro. They're the shield for whatever. You are one country. You're not going to stop Russia. If Russia wants to go into Europe and do whatever, they're going to try their damnedest. And they're not going to stop with you. Because if it was about taking over Europe and invading Poland and doing whatever, wouldn't they just go through Belarus, which is part, I mean, it's their own country, but they're very much Russia's lapdog, right? Why would they go through you? Why would they... Why wouldn't they go through, <laughs> if the idea is to go into Europe, why would they, and go to Poland, go to Hungary, go to wherever, why wouldn't they just start with Latvia and Estonia and just fucking, I mean, those are already NATO countries. Why would you not start there? Eventually, if once you, once Russia gets to Poland, if that's the case, then your world war is going to start. NATO's going to get involved. Bombs are going to be dropped and shit's going to hit the fan worse than it is now. This is nothing. You know, to us, I mean, granted, it's not nothing to the people of Ukraine, but my point being is if they wanted to start a war, 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 they would have started it. This has something to do with this country. I don't know what. I'm curious. It's driving me crazy. And then she says these words. We are fighting for the NWO's defense. We are a shield for the euro. What does that mean? So, Russia stands against the progression of the New World Order. Did you guys know Russia is the only country that does not have a centralized bank that is run by the Rothschilds family? Now, as we well know, when I mention the NWA and I say, NWO and I say these words, we're basically talking about the Rothschild family, and, and there's other groups, and I'll get to them in a second. And I did... Episodes. I did a part one and two on the NWO and the Rothschilds. Guys, I implore you to go look it up. That Rothschilds show of mine is still getting downloads, and it's a, almost a year old. I did that like last June. Um, because people are interested in that. So anyway, so uh, Russia is not involved with the Freemason Society, and President Putin is one of the only world leaders who is not a Freemason. The globalist cabal that is run by Klaus Schwab of the WEF, the Rothschild family, and the global banking cartel who funded the Nazis in World War II, the Rockefeller family, the Chase family, the Russell family, as well as others in the Committee of 300, cannot control Russia. Therefore, the globalists are always at war with the Big Bear, um, but have to make... It looked like Russia is the bad guy. The true reason their focus is ever against Russia is that Russia is the only place they could not put a centralized bank because every single leader in Russia was at war with the Rothschild family. And the Rothschilds own all the centralized banks in every single country that has refused the Rothschilds put in one of their banks, meaning they control the currency of that country we've gone to war with. So... <clears throat> I was curious. I, there were some names on there I have never heard. The Russell family. The fuck are they? <laughs> you 
looked them up, brief synopsis on them. Uh, railroad company or uh, family from way back when came from Europe, part of the whole deal. They are part of the bloodline of the Illuminati. I must have missed that when I did that show on the bloodline of the Illuminati. Another great show, by the way. Um, the Committee of 300. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I'll tell you. So some of the notable members of the Committee of 300. Now, these, <laughs> this is probably going to come to a shock of you all. This would be a good news of the obvious segment, right? The British royal family. The Dutch royal family. House of, I'm going to kind of go fast over some of these ones that to me don't seem like much. House of Hasburg, House of Orange, Duke of Alba, Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, recently passed away, right? He was married to the Queen. Lord Carrington, Lord Halifax, uh, Lord Alfred Milner. I have to say it like that when, when we're saying these guys. John Jacob, interestingly enough, not Jingleheimer Schmidt, just John Jacob. Waldorf of Astor. Illuminati bloodline. Winston Churchill, Cecil Rose, Queen Elizabeth II, Queen Juliana, Queen Beatrix, Queen uh, Magretta, King Hakon of Norway, Colonel Mandel House, Aldous Huxley. Um, I'm sorry, I just lost thought there when I saw that name. (laughs) John Forbes, I'll get to him in a second. Uh, Averill Harriman, William um, McGeorge Bundy. I'm sorry, this just drives me crazy. I saw that name. You're thinking, what name? He said Aldous Huxley. Uh, the name. You'll, you'll see. Just give me a minute. Uh, George Bush. Uh, Prescott Bush. Henry Kissinger. J.P. Morgan. Maurice Strong. David Rockefeller. David and Evelyn Rothschild. Paul Max and Felix Warburg, Ormsby and Al Gore. Hmm, Al Gore, right? Bertrand Russell, one of the Russells. Sir Ernest and Harry of the Oppenheimer. Oh, there's Oppenheimer Schmidt right there. So you have John Jacob Oppenheimer. Hmm. <laughs> Illuminati bloodline. Warren Buffett. Giuseppe Mazzani, Sir William Hess, George Schultz, H.G. Wells, and Ted Turner. Interesting. So the reason that name, <laughs> that name tripped me out, Aldous Huxley. God bless America, dude. I tell you what, I'm going to probably have to part two this. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I don't know, we'll have to see. Mm, God bless. All right. Authors, so I said H.G. Wells, right? And I said Aldous Huxley, and I lost my shit when I, you're probably thinking, who the fuck is, H.G. Wells we've heard of, right? Who is Aldous Huxley? Why is he losing his shit over Aldous Huxley? Okay. Aldous Huxley is one of the the 300 committee. This is a big deal. And this is a big deal to me because he was an author back in the 30s, in the 20s and 30s. Okay. Um, but so I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this real quick. So authors such as H.G. Wells and Aldous Huxley were not speculating or warning warning of future societies they wrote about. In fact, they were often commissioned to write such predictive programming based books 
on the committee's actual plans. Holy shit. <laughs> you, you guys probably don't have a freaking clue to what I'm holy shitting about, but it'll, it'll be clear here in a second. People read something like A Brave New World and create an imaginary science fiction rift between their present reality and what seems to be like a possible future. Meanwhile, the royals and the committee of 300, the elite pushers and movers, incrementally implement measures towards those very controlled sci-fi societies. Wow. So, the book, A Brave New World, wrote by Aldous Huxley. You guys don't have a clue. For I, I don't want to claim that you all are stupid. There, there might be some people listening to this that know what I'm talking about. Oh boy, I'm gonna get to that in a second. But let me. I, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a uh, thing here. So the committee of three hundred. Those names I said were were names. Those are people, right? There's also companies and governments involved here. So the Committee of 300 is the UN and all of its subsidiaries. U.S. National Reconnaissance Office. Hmm? That's uh, the NRO. That's basically like the NSA, the CIA, M16, England Intelligence. The Bilderberg Group, which we've heard about. Um, I'm just trying to pop around this graph here to give you names that might spark your interest. So just to um, let you understand how big the NWO and how long this plan has been in effect. So I talked about H.G. Wells and Aldous Huxley just a minute ago, right? Those were authors back in the 30s, right? I told you about in the last show, The Great New Deal with uh, Roosevelt. This was all part of the plan, okay? Um, I'm sorry, I get a little excited as this information is coming to my head. But to give you another name of a company that was involved, the British East India Company, the Dutch East India Company. These were companies that existed back in the 1700s. I told you on that show when I did the NWO and the Rothschild show, the Rothschild's been around since 1700s. They were part of the creation of this country because they funded everything that happened here. And then when the colon colonials, the, the patriots, so to speak, the people like us, that are like fed up with the bullshit, the people that were going through this shit back in the early 1700s wanted to break away. The idea was this country, the United States of America, was always called the New World. Oh, the New World. Well, you see? You see? You see? Stay with me, guys. Stay with me. All right. All right. Bouncing around. Da, 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 da. MIT. The Brookings Institute. These are names. These are these are names of, of companies of institutions that the Brookings Institute, people in the uh, Biden administration are from the Brookings Institute, the Huston, Hudson Institute, Wharton School of Economics, okay, Kissinger, the Star Group. The Star Group is a banking company, insurance and real estate. I think I have to dig into that. I don't want to say, but I'm going to dig into this whole graph, and this will be the part two. So we're going to finish with part one. I'm not going to leave you guys hanging on the Aldous Huxley situation, so just bear with me. Okay. Princeton, Princeton, Princeton University, Harvard University, Stanford University, Anti-Defamation League, the uh, CIA, 
Not shocker, right? MK Ultra was a part of that University of Rochester. So these are names of companies. I didn't name them all because I don't want to bore you with stuff you probably not won't know. But I try to give you the things that I would know. Therefore, I would assume you guys would know. But these are companies, uh, institutions, whatever that you're familiar with. Hell, the Dusty Dust Dutch East India Company. I don't even know that they exist anymore. That's how old this whole thing is. So, in my in my searching, so I, I like I said, when I'm thinking of stuff, I literally have to stop doing what I'm doing. I have to type. So I'm gonna have to read what I typed. So this is where we're at. So in my opinion, this all could realistically be the early stages of World War III. World War II, like I said, was not actually called that until after the war ended, um, and it needed a name, so to speak. When say, or when when we say or hear people refer to the situation as World War III, it is really premature. But the actions leading up to all this, as as you can see, where people get the idea. Now, let's not get it twisted. I'm 100% American, guys. Uh, thus, the name of the show, right? And we'll do whatever it takes to protect this country. Here, my friends, my family, my domain. Don't get it twisted. I'll do what needs to be done. But they bet on the hope that everyone will set up or, you know, step up patriotically. But why did we get so bent out? Why didn't we get, like I said this earlier, why didn't we get so bent out of shape in 2014? Why now? I've said this before. I'm not saying that Putin is a good guy here. But it could just be a different level of evil. We've talked about that in the past. Everyone could be bad. Trump, Biden, Putin, all of them. They could all be bad guys. They'd just be different factions of bad guys. Let's, let's assume they're all in a different gang. <laughs> okay? And the NWO is the big gang. But then you got a Trump gang and you got a Putin gang and you got, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just speculating. I mean, this is conspiracy theory theater, the DTOM exclusive with PCGC. <laughs> Um, so it is in my opinion, they all need to go. <laughs> None of these po politicians in any country can be trusted. They're all part, all for the most part, part of the NWO WEF agenda. We literally, we are literally in the midst of a, of the movie demolition man. Okay. And it, in this version of the movie <laughs> and this, I wrote this down earlier and, and when I stumbled upon the name Aldous Huxley, that's why I got excited because I wrote this down a couple hours ago and then I just saw this name in that group of 300. It kind of tripped me out. But anyway, so Klaus Schwab, right? And he's the leader of the WEF, right? So in, in, if you've ever seen the movie Demolition Man, I would assume you guys have because you're all about my age. So if you haven't, trust me, guys, it's a Sylvester Stallone. It's got Wesley Snipes in it. It's kind of a cheesy sci-fi movie. It was like in 93, I think is when it was made. And it's set, it's set in... Um, 2032 2035 somewhere around there in the future uh just a brief synopsis stallone's a cop back in the 90s uh wesley snipes a bad guy uh bada bing bada boom he blows up a warehouse they both go to jail for killing people whatever uh and in the future dr katow or katow whatever however you pronounce his name in my opinion that's the klaus schwab in this scenario is trying to create this utopia, right? Everyone's so peaceful. So if you've, like I said, if you've seen the movie, they don't touch. They, 
They don't touch hands. They don't, when they have sex, they don't physically touch. They wipe their ass with uh, seashells. They, when they like, um, instead of shaking hands or whatever, like you are high-fiving for that matter, you, they do a little hand wave in front of each other. Eerily sim- similar to what we've dealt with the last couple of years. I mean, we don't wipe our ass with seashells. Well, we almost had to because we almost ran out of fucking toilet paper, right? <laughs> so, why am I tripping out over the name Aldous Huxley, right? Okay, so, in in this version of, of, of the real world, Stra- uh, Klaus Schwab is Dr. Katow creating his utopia. So, instead of it being San Angeles, which is the fictional city in the movie, it's the world. The world. Okay? So, please, guys, look up. If you haven't seen Demolition Man, look it up. I guarantee you it's... I don't know if it's on Netflix. If you got Amazon Prime, it might even just be on your smart TV. Um, I don't know. Try and find it if you can. Look on if you have cable or whatever. Maybe it's on uh, demand or something like that, and you can watch it for free or $2. It's worth it because... I would never pimp a movie, especially a 30-year-old sci-fi movie with Sylvester Stallone, but I'm telling you, it's fucked up how much everyone talks about it. It feels like we're in the Matrix. No, fuck the Matrix. It's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. This is Demolition Man. Anyway, so the movie Demolition Man is based on a book called A Brave New World, written in 1931, the author's last name, Huxley as in Aldous Huxley, the forename mentioned. Uh, in the movie, Sandra Bullock's in the movie, her uh, character's last name is Huxley. Interesting. So what is A Brave New World? Okay. Brave New World is a, a dystopian social science fiction movie, or novel, I'm sorry, written by English author Aldous Huxley, written in 1931, um, largely set in a futuristic world state whose citizens... Are, now, listen to me. So, now, I didn't know the thing I just found about Huxley until just now. I knew this Brave New World thing. I knew this. But I didn't know he was part of the 300 Committee. <laughs> that's why... That's thus the trip-out reason when I seen his name. Okay? H.G. Wells and him were part of the group. The books they wrote were... were uh, so what was H.G. Wells? Didn't he do War of the Worlds, right? Um, this Brave New World, so if they're part of the 300 committee, and they were sent out, so this was back in the 20s and 30s, where you didn't have TV and movie, you had radio. I think you had movies, but it was silent movies or whatever. Um, so most everybody watched, or watched, listened to the radio, had the War of the Worlds. I'm pretty sure that was H.G. Wells. Um... They, uh, was it kind of a pretext to TV and the news and your phone and Facebook kind of where it mesmerized you, scares you a little bit? Brave New World, uh, whose citizens are environmentally engineered into an intelligent-based social hierarchy. The novel anticipates huge scientific advances in re- reproductive technology, sleep learning, psychological psychological manipulation and classical conditioning that are combined to make a dystopian society which is challenged by only a single individual, the story's protagonist. Huxley followed the book with his assessment essay The Brave New World Revisited uh, with this novel 
This novel is also often compared to George Orwell's 1984. So it's interesting that to know that this book, A Brave New World, was written as propaganda, essentially, by the, by the New World Order. I can't even say the WEF, because the WEF technically didn't exist in 1931. So he, one of the bigger writers of the, our time at that time, in H.G. Wells, so H.G. Wells, I'm, I'm pretty sure, was American, and this gentleman was from England, were propagated by the global elitist. They were part of the 300 Committee to write these books because they knew people would read the books, they would listen to the radio shows and freak out. They tell you what they're going to do. They literally tell you what they're going to do. I'm going to end this part of the show there. I'm going to touch on one little thing before, I, before I'm done, but I will continue on with this, and we will part two this. Um, real quick, um, I mentioned on the last show how the, um, the uh, mass mandates got extended for public transportations. Uh, normally, I wouldn't give a shit because I don't take a bus or whatever, but we do fly when we're going on a trip and next month, and we were really hoping not wear a mask. And then I was happy to see that uh, Rand Paul stepped up and said uh, he was going to put it up for a vote, which he did, which also passed uh, to repeal the CDC mask mandates for public transportation. It passed by a pretty good margin. What was it? 50, I think it was 57 to 40 or something like that. You had like three no votes. Um, all Republicans voted on it as a yay, with the exception of, uh, you guessed it, Mitt Romney. So you had 49 Republicans and eight Democratic senators. I was trying to find the list, but for the life of me, I can't. Nonetheless, if you want to look it up. So now this will go in front of Congress. Um, Speculation is that it won't pass Congress. Um, I hope it does. Um, uh, Ted Cruz said this morning, very truthfully, Um, you know, we just had a state of a union. What was the last week, two weeks ago, whatever, 530 some on members of Congress sitting there, maybe five masks to be seen. Everyone was fine. Why can't we wear, not wear a mask on a plane? Can we treat it like life? Wear a mask. If you want to wear a mask, if you don't, don't the filtration systems on these airplanes are just as good, if not better than the freaking, some of your hospitals or most of your hospitals. So the hell does it matter? Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Leave us the fuck alone. But we'll see what happens. I guess even if it does pass as Congress, they're saying Biden won't sign it. Whatever. When, when are we going to actually start trusting the quote-unquote science behind all this shit? Anyway, guys, please uh, make sure you tune in and download this show on, on Friday because I'm going to continue with this whole thing. This is really tripping me out that I found this information <laughs> while I was talking to y'all. Um, but please, most importantly, guys, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, if you could share this, like it, and uh, and tell a friend, please keep this thing growing. Uh, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, if you could also leave a review, give us a five-star rating, and like I said, please share this on your social media platforms get the word out, and uh, just check us out on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Don't Tread on America. We're on Twitter at DTOM underscore 1775. 
And uh, don't forget about our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. Check them out. We can, uh, you can subscribe there. Get show updates. You get all sorts of spam and all sorts of nude pictures. No, I'm joking. I don't do that. <laughs> You'll just get updates on the show and and whatever. Um, but please, guys, subscribe to all these things. That way you can get updates on the shows, um, any situations that might be going on. And plus, we put up some funny memes. So with that being said, guys, it is Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. And I will talk to you again on Friday, guys. Please, I will continue with this situation probably won't talk about much of anything else other than this whole new world order wef situation and what i'm going to call the the wef world war hmm? sugar water www1 hmm. Hmm. yeah i think more on that all right guys i'll talk to you again on friday have a great day and uh, be safe out there <laughs>